0: This is the Pokedex Radio Podcast, where you can learn to be the very best like no one ever was. every Pokemon trainer knows that the best place to learn everything about Pokemon is to check their Pokedex. Now this is where we talk about all things Pokemon from the video game to the anime and more. Learn how to be a Pokemon master at pokedexradio.com. trainers, and welcome to another episode of the Pokedex Radio Podcast, which you can find over at PokedexRadioPodcast.com slash 80 for this episode. My name is Austin. I am the host of this show. At least for the past couple of episodes, we have my good friend, Renee. What's up, man? Hello. Hi, everyone. All right. Here we go. Um, lots of technical difficulties starting up the show. If you're listening live, you heard everything, but it's all, it's all good and everything's fixed and we can do the show like a normal podcast now. Um, so... Uh, if you, on the flip uh, side, yes. they got the behind the scenes experience. Exactly. They got to see me messing up all over the place and <laughs> and forgetting to mess with settings on my computer so <laughs> the stuff can actually come out right. So, either way, everything came out good. And that's why I could hear you breathe into the microphone because you weren't coming into the right thingy on the. Oh, side. okay. Yeah, because right. it, was, it wasn't triggering the compressor. Either way. It's all fixed now and we're good. Uh, again, to check out the show notes for today's episode, you can find it over at PokedexRadio.com slash 80. 80 episodes so far. We're doing really good with this. Um, today, we're actually going to start off uh, the episode with the second part to the Ralph Shuckett interview. Um, if I can remember correctly, which episode was the first one that we did the, uh, the first Ralph Shuckett interview? I believe it was 71. Just do a quick search over on uh, Ralph uh, just do a quick search over at pokedexradio.com, So I can find it for you. Uh, we did the first interview, uh, first half of the interview on episode 74. And of course, who did that interview was Steven Reich from PokePress. press. Uh, poke press is just a small little uh, Pokemon website, just like we are. They've been doing it for a lot longer than we have. Um, so, uh, we only played the first half of the interview from, um, that he gave us. This is the second half of the Ralph Shuckett interview. Uh, Ralph Shuckett, just as a reminder, he was the, he's the senior composer at 4Kids Productions. Um, and now, uh, at least according to the interview, he also teaches music too. So let's go ahead and uh, play that interview now.
1: And uh, you, you did end up doing one more, uh, one more movie score. It was uh, the third movie, um, you know, Spell of the Unknown. And uh, it, it's maybe the score there isn't quite as famous. It was uh, never released fully on CD or anything. But what was the the sort of the atmosphere for that one?
2: Well, that one, um, the main character was a little girl, and so the sort of the atmosphere of a lot of the cues. Had that in mind, so it was a little more, for lack of a better word, romantic and feminine, I guess. So the overall kind of complexion of the melodies and the way they were treated might have been a little more, a little softer and less dissonant. Um, but then she got angry, and if I remember correctly, she was quite a, quite a formidable pokemon a, a pokemon master that's what they're called and so you know when it came time to do the battles she she, she was no longer it was no longer a little girl music it was more just you know full on battle music
1: and so one of the, the big plot details about the movie is that the girl, her father, has vanished uh, for most of the film. And, and so um, basically what happens is that this, this other Pokemon, the legendary Entei, uh, kind of appears, and there's sort of uh, a relationship, sort of a surrogate father there. How does that, how does that play into the music?
2: Oh uh, yeah, well Ente was sort of her he he sort of took the place of her father in that. He protected her and he watched over her. And he was very courageous, but he was kind of like the, you know, the peaceful warrior. So the music was supposed to reflect that and it had sort of almost almost a military kind of a feeling so he was her surrogate father and then eventually when she found her father oh man the details but there's 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 a really there's a really dramatic scene towards the end where Entei um is battling somebody and he's really suffering but he's hanging in there with tremendous courage and strength and all to protect the the the, the little girl character i can't remember her name <laughs> And so that music is very, very emotional and but it incorporates his sort of heroic military theme uh within the the, the emotion of the struggle that he's going through.
1: All right. And of course the other major character is uh you could say, collectively as the unknown, the symbol-shaped Pokémon that looked like letters, they're more mysterious. Um, what was the sort of the instrumentation choices for those?
2: Uh, well, the instrumentation, actually, I don't think was any different. I think for all three movies, uh, the instrumentation for most of the cues was... Um, pretty traditional orchestral instruments, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, although the third movie, we were allowed to, there's a couple of cues that have more contemporary kind of electronica um, drum tracks and stuff. So the instrumentation w- w- generally was was not particularly different, but the unknown music is very weird and sort of eerie sounding. Um, it's almost like music from a horror movie or a mystery um in let's say the 40s um or the 30s or 40s in that it's it's harmonically uh kind of advanced and complex as opposed to 99% of contemporary music if not 100% of it is not harmonically complex. You know, in fact, nowadays the hit songs have maybe three chords, if that many. So, my music in that movie um, is eerie in this, in more of in a, in a classic, traditional, uh, filmic way, rather than having strange electronic sounds um, or, or or sound design. Uh, create the eeriness. So it's all in the harmony and the melodies of the unknown themes and whatever they happen to be doing at the time.
1: And uh, after the third movie, they started using the Japanese scores uh, for the remaining films. Um, However, were you still involved in the series in any way? Did you work on the TV show at all?
2: Um, I did a little composing for the TV show for um, specific uh, cues for which they didn't have already existing music, but what what was great for me was that they started using the film music in the in the TV show, and because tradition usually a composer makes more money from the television performances, the lion's share of our income is it's called performance royalties when, when a, one of our shows is on.
1: So even though you, you know, you, you stopped being directly involved as much as you were in the early part after the third movie, uh, you still had definitely an impact on the series going forward, which is, uh, really great. Um, so, you know, since then you've sort of, um, moved on and now you're actually, you actually teach music, um, instruments as well as, uh, compositional techniques. Uh, what's that like?
2: Oh, it's great. I love it. I, I, uh, I started teaching about five years ago. I'm not formally trained myself. Um, I didn't go to music school. I didn't take classical harmony and theory lessons. But I have done a lot of studying of of music scores and listening to the pieces uh, on my own. And I and I have a lot of f- friends who are uh, wonderful orchestrators and arrangers who have given me some tips. But with my students, basically what I do is a student comes in and whatever the student or if it's a child, the student's parents want them to learn, I will teach it. So I don't have a specific method, but I have a lot of, most of my students are adults and most of them are either film composers or TV composers or they are people in rock bands or they're singer-songwriters or they're wannabe film composers. So they need to learn really fast (laughs) because they want to further their careers and they have jobs or they want to get jobs. So I try to consolidate all the stuff I've learned in 40 years of experience into what would be useful to them at the time. Because when you learn harmony and theory and classical orchestration, you spend years on a lot of stuff that you would never get hired for because it's dated sounding and so i what i have to teach him is not that sophisticated and um i don't waste time i'm not like a go by the book person because i didn't learn by the book so i try and encapsulate all my knowledge into whatever they happen to need at the time and some of them have been with me since i started teaching because they like to learn and some of them uh most of them I'll teach them for a few months, and then they don't need me anymore because um, I've taught them a, a lot of tricks that I've learned, and then I also teach them how to teach themselves.
1: And, uh, you know, if folks are interested in your teaching and uh, if they happen to live in the L.A. area, you're actually listed on a couple of websites where they can uh, possibly uh, contact you. Uh, what are those?
2: Yeah, well, they're, uh, I'm... I, my website isn't ready yet, so and, and eventually what I'm doing is I'm going to be set up for online lessons, and I'm going to have uh, some lessons um, for free on YouTube, but I'm still working on all that. So um, the best way to reach me would be, uh, there's a, there are two websites that I'm registered with. Um, one is called privatelessons.com, and the other one is called getlessons.com. And um, so I'm one of the teachers on their roster, and there's contact information for me uh, at both of those places.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much, Ralph. It's been uh, great having you uh, on and uh, giving us some really, really neat information.
2: Thank you. I I really enjoyed it. And, you know, working on the Pokemon stuff and on all the 4Kids shows on the air... It was, it's sort of been my main gig up, up until about three years ago. So it's uh, very dear to me, and uh, so I like to talk about it.
1: All right. Well, this has been Stephen Reich from the PokePress PR and Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, on the phone with Ralph Shuckett, who was involved with quite a bit of the Pokemon uh, dub, but uh, specifically uh, he did the scores for the first three movies. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you.
0: All right. Well, that was uh, again the uh, like Stephen just said. That was the interview with Ralph Shuckett that he did over the phone. Um, it was like at least a few months ago. He did that interview that, which he sent to me. Uh, the first part earlier in uh, I want to say February. Um, and now the second part, again, uh, he had sent to me, I just haven't put on the, the, uh, the episodes, not until today, but, uh, uh, Steven from, uh, the, uh, from Poke Press at the PIR and studios. Thank you so much for letting me go ahead and play those. We have other interviews as well. One with, uh, Kyle Hebert that he had, uh, sent to me as well. And, uh, a th- uh, a third one, don't remember which one, uh, who exactly was, um was on the uh was on the third interview that he uh he offered up to me as well. But uh more interviews to come from the PokePress studios, so that's gonna be awesome.
3: Yeah, and definitely the the Ralph Shucket and I think I miss said his last because you know I said it wrong last time. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I did like hearing his interview because uh well coming from a musical background since as I was mentioning during the pre show, um, you know, I I was in band and stuff back in um in school. Yeah. Um so I I do like hearing like where his where he tried to go, you know, what he tried to convey with all the different um pokemon for the different pokemon or in the different scenes. It's always interesting how they um their mentality that they use to go with the different music types.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, cuz uh, when he was saying oh at the at the beginning uh, of the the third pokemon movie, everything was a little more lighthearted because it was about, you know, the little girl and everything than once uh once Entei came in that, that father figure came in they were started to started to have a little bit more of a, a stronger um more aggressive music which which definitely reflects uh in, in the music if you actually go and watch the third movie you you, you do see that difference and uh, throughout many different types of you know pokemon not not just pokemon movies but i mean like other uh genres of movie and everything like that they definitely do try to Give emotion and try to influence you through music. it's very subtle, you don't really realize it sometimes, but that's the reason why sometimes you feel a way towards a character compared to another one
3: yeah and I, um and I mean you look at any movie like just like you said, um you take away the soundtrack movie loses a lot of its impact it definitely does um any movie i I can 't think of one right now, but I mean those emotional scenes, you know, when maybe a main character is injured or Star loses Wars. someone. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, yeah. Darth Vader walking into a room wouldn't be the same if you didn't have the um, Imperial March playing in the background. Exactly,
0: yeah. And, uh, just it's it was cuz I'm watching a lot of Star Wars. I don't know if I was I watching a lot of Star Wars the last episode when we did this. I th- I think I mentioned it as I well. Think
3: it started to. I I
0: just started yeah cuz I think I started on Friday or Saturday of last week. I've been watching Star Wars Clone Wars the uh the the uh the series on Netflix non-stop. Plus season 6 is only available on Netflix anyways. So I started from the very beginning and I've been going through it. There's um there was a scene I want to say in season 2 where um uh, I know this is way off tangent, but there's a scene in season two where, um, uh, Obi-Wan is, uh, talking with, uh, the, I forgot what she is, uh, for, um, the man um, like Mandalore or whatever the, that world is called where oh but,
3: Mandalorians.
0: Yeah. She was, she was like the
3: queen or
0: something Game for Bachelor the Mandalorians, something like, something like that. But, um, her and her and, uh, uh, Obi-Wan had a relationship apparently in their past or whatever, but they were, um, Holding somebody on at gunpoint, well, and Obi Wan at sword point, whatever, uh, and they were debating on whether to to kill him, and the guy was like, "Kill me, you know." Either one, you know, Mandalorians are trying to be trying to be peaceful people. Either you kill me, or Obi Wan kills me, and then you'll lose that relationship with him because you want him to be a peaceful person as well. And he says, "Well, whoever kills me is going to be you know a, a treacherous murderer." And all of a sudden, you see a sword go through his back, a lightsaber. And then you hear the dun 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 like music in the background, and who shows up is Anakin. And I'm like, "Oh wow! Oh, blows your mind right there because you see all this like evolution of the character, not only through his actions but through music." Yeah, that makes any sense.
3: Awesome. Now, now I need to go back and watch uh, Clone Wars. (laughs) We can
0: watch them together. You know, you watch them. You watch like uh, because me, I've been watching like six episodes every day. Yeah, (laughs) even today. That's why I was like so late with the show notes because obviously I worked this morning, but also been watching clone wars constantly so
3: yeah i i i definitely like cuz i i caught a few i caught a few episodes Catched a few episodes great right. <laughs> wonderful grammar <laughs> no i caught a few episodes when they were airing on uh, cartoon network cuz back when um when they were do, were doing uh, dc nation it was before mm-hmm. young justice came on and i i did let like, find the show very interesting but i never really caught on to it but from what i hear it is a really good show so and obviously you're, you you you're um Falling in love with it already. <laughs> right? I
0: mean, the thing is, I was—I know we're way off topic, but I was never the biggest Star Wars fan ever. But um, of course, I watched uh, the, the the prequels when they came out. Those those were the first Star Wars I really actually saw and got into. And then I watched the original uh, three from you know the seventies and eighties. Fell in love with them, and they're amazing movies. Then now I'm starting to watch Clone Wars. Um, even though I watched the cartoon version of Clone Wars, like some of them, and Obviously, that came before the like CGI animated series thing.
3: Oh, the cartoon version that is all will
0: always be my favorite. I didn't watch all of those. Like that's one thing. I'm like, okay, who's Ventress? Where did she come from? And she st- she's still in this one. And where did she go after? I I don't know. But back on topic.
3: <laughs> um, oh, and uh, Craig on the uh, chat on the website. Um, he just mentioned and and I didn't remember this actually that the release date for Star Wars episode 7 is yes. supposed to be December 18th 2015.
0: Yes, that is so right cuz I, I forgot who I was talking to at work mentioned that it's 2015. So December 18th 2015 right
3: before my birthday. Yeah. Awesome. And, and I think they just uh, started shooting like this past week or so too.
0: Yeah, apparently like it's JJ Abrams who's <laughs> supposed to be directing that. Min yeah, Flair. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> <But> whatever. <laughs> it's going to be the thing is it's Star Wars. The whole movie is going to be a lens flare. That, that's the thing. It, whatever. It better be good. That's that's all I yeah. want. Back yeah. on topic, though. Let's get, get to Pokemon stuff. Okay. We mentioned um, we mentioned last week, and I want to continue with that topic, about uh, Nintendo licensing out more of their, their products to get a bigger market share because of their failures with the Nintendo Wii U. That's my opinion. That's the reason they're doing that. I'm sure it probably has something to do with it as well.
3: Yeah, in, it has to be.
0: In reality. Um, taking a bit of a spin-off on that, I think I had mentioned, or I put in the show notes somewhere, or I just kind of quickly brushed over the fact that, uh, France and, uh, uh and the McDonald's in France were giving, uh, toys in their, uh, happy meals, right? Pokemon toys in their happy meals. They're going to be doing it also in the U S as well. Um, it's going to be either, uh, May or June or June or July. One of the, one of these uh, upcoming months. They're going to be giving uh, uh 12 cards, uh, the, the trading cards, uh, as well as toys um, in the Happy Meals. And these are a little uh, – I don't
3: even know what these things are. They look like little toys, just like a little figure on a stand. Yeah, that, that's all it looks like but to me. then again, the picture could just be uh, misleading us.
0: <laughs> right, and I think the uh, – let me see what the article actually says here. It says uh, Battle Launcher Toys. So I guess you know, there's a little button, and it kind of shoots them out to, like, attack each other. I, oh, okay. I had, I had a Vegeta one at one point in time. It was I, I used to play with it with my dog. But um, little launchers. It's kind of cool. There's, it uh, looks like, a set of 12. Uh, it's going to be, um, looks like uh, there's a Pikachu one, obviously. There's a Xerneas, Eveltal, Fennekin, Chespin, Froakie, Charizard, Mewtwo, Blastoise, Venusaur, um, Pancham and I can't think of the name of the little electric
3: Helioptile.
0: Helioptile, right. Um, so th- that, those are the 12, plus trading cards as well, which the ones in France, uh, the trading cards that uh, were released uh, in, in France, in French McDonald's, were um, uh, Weedle, Chespin, Fennekin, Froakie, Pikachu. I forgot what that thing is called, The little um, squid-looking thing.
3: Oh, oh, I even looked at the name earlier today and I, uh,
0: either way, there's also Snubble, uh, Swirlix, um, the Inkay? Sword. Inkay, thank you, Inkay, um, I can't think of the names of all of these, uh, Bunnelby,
3: Fletchling, the,
0: the, the Fletchling, thank you, um, Furfro, um, the sword,
3: <laughs> can't think of the Honedge.
0: sword, Honedge, and that's all of them. Uh, So those are the 12 cards um, that will more than likely be released. Uh, Those are the ones that were released with the uh, French McDonald's set. And these are just cards from the uh, the Callow starter set and the X and Y uh, uh, trading card set. Um, What? Yeah.
3: When we talked about this, I didn't didn't realize it, but it made sense for the French McDonald's to get them first. All these, you know. Yeah. I because of
0: Callow. Nice. I didn't even put those. I didn't put two and two together. So, yeah, that that does make perfect sense. I I mean, obviously, I'm sure the McDonald's in Japan always get this kind of stuff first. But, yeah, the McDonald's in France getting these first, obviously. Callow's being based off of of the country of France. Um, I mean, I just wonder about the the newest generation, the next generation, Generation 7, which I'm dying to see um, if we ever get news about that.
3: So so it's not a jump ahead we're still enjoying generation six right now
0: true because there is a lot of stuff i mean last week we talked about even stuff that is just starting to be revealed about generation six still Dancy, yeah. um volcanion things like that
3: funny fact of uh mcdonald's you know what they call the uh, quarter pounder with cheese over in uh europe
0: <laughs> <laughs> can't do that to me when we're on the show man. <laughs> royale with cheese <laughs>
3: Exactly, because of the metric system.
0: <laughs> you know they put me because <laughs> of the metric system. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, you know, they, you know they put a mayo on their French fries, right?
3: You know, I've heard that. That um, that's what they said in then, *Pulp I've Fiction* heard, too. I have I have people who um I have friends who you put males on like chicken wings. I would oh. never do that, but um, um
0: I, I'm I'm they, straight. They I I do ketchup. I can't do anything else. No barbecue sauce. I the only thing I actually enjoyed. Um, speaking of McDonald's, was their hot mustard, which they discontinued which I haven't gone to McDonald's since unless I get like a frat pay or something like that. But yeah.
3: Oh, speaking of which, I just remember I got two coupons for McDonald's this past weekend or past week. Nice. Um, but yeah, uh, McDonald's good. I'm excited. I'll, I'll definitely be, um, getting some happy meals, trying to get myself a Charizard and probably, uh, I don't know what else I'd want. I think I wouldn't want the, uh, pan jam
0: either way what i might do because uh at least according to poke beach what uh what they were doing um or at least what some mcdonald's do is you can go in if you don't actually want to buy the happy meal you can just buy the toy outright um according to again poke beach has it said it's about a dollar fifty
1: if you yeah, just want to go in there
0: yeah if you just want to go in there and buy the toys i've never known that ever if i would have i probably would never have eaten so much mcdonald's as a kid <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, that w- that would be actually really cool to 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 go in there and figure out you know when the new batch of toys is coming out, so I can just walk into a McDonald's, and be like, here, give me one of these and one of these and one of these. Come back two weeks later and get the next you know batch that comes out.
3: Yeah, I remember being little, always asking for the Happy Meals because I wanted that toy. Right. But then eventually, uh, I-, I got a little older, like a year older, and I'm like, you know, when I want food more than a toy, let me just get a normal meal. <laughs> <You're>
0: right. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I remember that because there's always two sets of meals at McDonald's, aren't there? There's like the uh, the happy kid's meal, and then there's the big kid's meal, right?
3: I don't know because I, do, I know exactly what you're talking about, that yeah. they started doing that, but I don't know if that's still they, going they on still with them. That. Yeah,
0: either way. Um, happy to see Pokemon stuff is coming back to at least fast food restaurants like that. Obviously, it'll be, uh, you know, the whole thing where junk food and all that stuff, but still... The last time I really remember Pokemon being in fast food restaurants, giving out little toys and prizes like this, is Burger King. And Oh,
3: yeah, Burger King did it recently, didn't it?
0: Uh, I think that was only in Europe, though. I'm not sure if they did it recently here in the States. Not that I remember, at least.
3: I feel like there was something Pokemon-related recently with some fast food place. Well, not not that recent. I mean, it wasn't like the past year, at least. It was something more than that. All right, I'm but, um,
0: doing a quick search right now. Um all I'm see- <clears throat> excuse me. All I'm seeing is uh, 1999 Burger King promotional Pokemon toys. Yeah, and maybe that's what I'm thinking. Of. Yeah, because that was <laughs> that was years ago. I remember when that's. St- I still have mine. Um, I don't think Burger King ever did anything else uh, at all recently. Checking the chat to see if any- anybody says anything. Yes, Pikachu. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> 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 um, no, that was uh, not that I remembered. No, I'm not even seeing anything. Okay.
3: Yeah, never mind. Uh I'm apparently
0: Subway to. did something in 2005 and McDonald's did something. It was McDonald's that did something uh in 2012, I'm showing here. Um Yeah, I remember this. They were giving away Pokémon stuff uh from June oh, okay. 15th to July 5th of 2012. That was uh here in Canada and in Australia. Um they had everything except they ex- excluded two of the figurines.
3: Okay, so that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, All right, I
0: that was a, in my mind. That was a near the release of Black and White. So, either way, awesome stuff. Glad to see that Nintendo is uh, and Game Freak are starting to push for that stuff. But speaking of, let's continue our conversation from last week where we were talking about the future of Nintendo and possibly what they need to do to push further, to push to 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 move away from the failure of the Nintendo Wii U, even though. I'm sure it's a great console, but like the Virtual Boy and like the videos we were watching, and let me just give a quick premise. Um, uh, Last week, after the show, Renee had mentioned to me that uh, there's these videos called Game Theory, which I've seen a few of them. But he showed me three videos on this channel uh, on uh, uh, from the YouTube channel Game Theory. Uh, The first one is called Wii U is the new Virtual Boy. Second video is our gamers killing video games, and the third one is called Flappy Bird, PewDiePie, and Pasta Sauce. Three great videos. Uh, him and I we watched them together right before the show, and I I kind of agree with some of the videos. My favorite video is the uh, the Flappy Bird, PewDiePie, and Pasta Sauce one because he totally brought math into it and um and and like statistics and things like that with the whole bell curve thing, which I thought was Something I would have never brought into in, into trying to explain the idea of why the Nintendo Wii U and why the Virtual it Boy now. failed
3: back then. Yeah, but I uh, mean, it it makes sense. It all makes sense to be honest. It it definitely does make a lot of sense. Well, let's let's go ahead
0: and let's go over some of the things that he had mentioned. Why the Wii U is similar to the virtual the Virtual Boy, and why is it a failure to Nintendo. I mean, and it kind of is a couple of the reasons he'd mentioned. I'm just trying to remember these offhand. I didn't write anything down Are the fact that there are so few games for the system. And there's, yeah, there's a lot of uh, uh, ports and stuff like that. But a lot of the main video games for the Nintendo Wii U are Nintendo games, Mario. I'm, I'm sure they're coming out with legend of Zelda sometime soon for the Nintendo Wii U.
3: Yeah, I remember they showed like a little um preview of what it was supposed to look like on on the Wii U. Exactly, but that's the thing.
0: That's all we that's all I ever hear about on the Wii U is Mario stuff. Oh, look, here's you know Super Mario, you know Super Mario World U or whatever it's called. And you know yeah. Yoshi uh, there's like supposed to be like a new Yoshi's Island video uh you know game coming out soon. Uh, I think that's
3: for 3DS 3D, maybe. I don't
0: know. I think it might be. I saw it in an email from Nintendo. I don't remember offhand. But I'm just like so few titles, and the Ninten- and it doesn't even come bundled with a video game as well, which is kind of annoying. Uh, I didn't even realize that because I thought all of the more recent Nintendo consoles came bundled with something.
3: Well, now they are. Uh, when they first released, it came out. It was just those two versions: the regular one and the elite version, and they okay. didn't have any games with them. But now, like when they, um, I think it was like kind of like the re-release they did this past um holiday season. Yeah. Then they they are including either there's the Wind Waker bundle that came out, and That's then there's right. the, um, mm-hmm. the Super Mario Brothers U uh, bundle that comes with like the Wii U version, and then Luigi U. And uh, I heard supposedly there's going to be a Mario Kart 8 bundle when Mario Kart 8 comes out.
0: Nice. Okay, yeah, because I, I was thinking either getting the Wind Waker one because I, I now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I did see that like on Target.com, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Either getting because obviously I've been playing a lot of Legend of Zelda as well too recently. So either Wind Waker or if they're coming out with a Mario Kart Eight one, uh, I don't know which one I might want to get uh, now that I think about it.
3: Yeah, I don't know, but uh, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, and and we'll link these in the show notes on yeah. um, all three videos. Oh, I'm definitely. But um, in in the first one, um, they mentioned that a lot of it comes down to developers not necessarily wanting to. It's much easier to port one game from, let's say, an Xbox One to PS4, since it's basically the same thing. True. I mean, other than a few lines of code, like they said. Yeah, and it, it's you're new. You're basically getting the exact same experience.
0: It's it's also newer technology, newer things that they probably didn't expect. They're trying to be innovators, which is amazing, and that's what we want. But at the same time, that's not what the developers want.
3: Exactly, because it's much harder for them to develop a, a, brand, a game. Well, basically, it is a brand-new game when they're trying to integrate the... Uh, the game pad or the motion controls or whatever it may be.
0: But you know what it is? Essentially is a giant DS.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It technically is. So
0: they could have easily, if there were supposed to be like, let's say, let's say a game for the Nintendo 3DS that were, that word that was, that it could be a lot more graphics heavy. They could have gone instead of with the 3DS gone with the Nintendo Wii U instead you still have the two screens, your TV screen and your little Wii U tablet controller thingy. And, and you would have been, you would have been good because I know, I think wind waker actually decided to use the little tablet controller th- uh, thing compared to the, uh, and use it as like the, the, uh, tingle tuner instead yeah, the of tingle
3: tuner. And I think obviously a map on it as well. Yeah,
0: and, and, uh, in place of using a game boy advance for the tingle tuner, which was kind of gimmicky. And I can kind of see where they were going with that in 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 lieu of the nintendo wii u or trying to experiment with that kind of an idea because that's what nintendo does they experiment
3: and they experiment hardcore with a lot of things i mean and i mean let, let's look if it wasn't for them experimenting um the connect wouldn't be around the playstation move that um and the playstation camera would not wouldn't be a thing that's true. that they've created now because it was because of the wii starting that whole motion controls And actually applying it correctly, that all of this actually started
0: right, and they they did it well. That's the thing. And even though Nintendo tries to innovate, when they innovate and they do it well, they make bags of money doing it. Just like with (laughs) just like with the the Nintendo sixty four with that weird tripod controller thing,
2: completely Uh different,
0: completely different from any other type of controller. Nothing that we've ever even seen since then has looks anything like it. Or at least, you know, has that type of uh, grip, you know, grip on it. And it was absolutely successful, and people loved it. I mean, some of the best games in gaming history are on the Nintendo 64. You know, Super Mario 64. Legend of Zelda games. Uh, Majora's Mask and Ocarina of
3: Time. Uh, GoldenEye 007.
0: GoldenEye 007, which uh, I actually had a friend who had
3: that for the DS. I never actually played it, though. Um, yeah, I heard it wasn't as... Um as great like the remakes of it. That's what he had mentioned well, to because me. Because yeah. you lose like what you had before. <laughs> that whole four player split screen was always an amazing thing of it. Because you know you'd always get that one friend who'd look on your you know screen to see where you're going. <laughs> right,
0: right. I mean then there's the like the Z button on the bottom, you know, the little uh the 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 yellow C button as well. It's like everything that they that they could have done to let's say the virtual boy, they implemented in the Nintendo And it was a a very successful console, at least, thankfully, following a a failure that brought Nintendo back up.
3: Yeah. And either way, right now, I mean, thanks to the 3DS, they're able to... Keep afloat. Exactly. And probably with that revenue that they're making off of the 3DS, and um, it's helping them to either develop something new about the Wii U, or maybe even a new console itself. I mean, we're, we're still pretty... Early on in the um, Wii U lifespan, I mean, it's only been around what a year and a half. Your take?
0: Uh, yeah, about a year and a half. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, I the the thing is, for me, I I like the idea of the Wii U. I like the fact that yes, it is uh, an innovative type of console. You're using two screens. Then again, we have, we've already been using two screens for the past uh, nearly nine years now. You know, for the Nintendo DS.
3: Yeah. yeah. But look when, you know, the DS first came out, everyone was uh, really skeptical about that second screen.
0: Yeah, it was it was a slow start as well. And I'm hoping that, you know, Nintendo able to push through, you know, the, the push through, you know, the failure, the failures that they're doing right now, because there's not that many games, like he says in the, uh, like uh, the game theory guy mentions, there's not, there wasn't that many games before. Hopefully this year and coming up to next year, there are many more games because the Xbox 1, the PlayStation 4 completely blew this console out of the water. They did the same thing with the GameCube. I mean, I loved the GameCube. That was for me, I don't know why
3: people give it such a bad rap, but the GameCube to me was an amazing console. Uh, I think a big issue with the GameCube was that um that generation of of consoles, they were starting to include other media things as well. I mean, obviously you could play DVDs on the um PlayStation 2 you could play DVDs on the Xbox 1 is True. Or, sorry Xbox the original Xbox yeah and the, you came here with the GameCube it was made for one thing and one thing only but that's and the it same,
0: was a game it's the same thing with the Wii you couldn't play DVDs on the Wii exactly i mean it, but it was it was still an extremely successful console uh, i don't know that, that's the thing that's the thing i don't understand the, the Nintendo Wii was so absolutely successful The GameCube apparently wasn't that successful, but what I'm trying to wrap my mind around is, okay, they went from the 64, which was innovative, it was new, the 3D graphics were were amazing, the games on it were also amazing, they moved to the GameCube, which was a, a huge step up, still the same games. Yeah, they didn't have the DVD capabilities because the discs were small. Obviously, they had to keep their stuff proprietary. Yeah. Then moving, uh, but the uh, the GameCube did have internet capabilities as well.
3: And um, oh, that's true. And I think it was like one game was the one that took advantage of it. Yeah, like, uh, I think it was called Fantasy Star. I, I
0: yeah, Fantasy Star, I believe. Um, all, I think was the was the game. I I want to say even the 64 had it, but I I can't I I don't even it know. it did
3: it did in Japan it did have a um it did have internet capability it wasn't very big just like its disk drive wasn't very big either
0: yeah the uh the, the nintendo dual disc i think or oh, not dual disc um i
3: don't nintendo, remember what. It was. something like that uh, i just remember that they wanted to add a disk drive to it but it never you know picked off yeah that was off much so yeah that was Philips cdi <laughs> pretty
0: much <laughs> um but then, okay, so moving from the Nintendo 64 to the GameCube, GameCube had um, internet capabilities, which I believe you could even use with uh, um, Mar- uh, the Mario Kart game as well. Moving then to the Wii, where you had apps, you had, it was a, not, a, not a multimedia system, really, but you can use Netflix on it. You can surf the internet on it, something you couldn't do with, the Nite- with it with a GameCube. Things you couldn't do with the PlayStation, um, well, you co- you can't do it with the PlayStation 3, but you couldn't do it with the Xbox 360. At least you couldn't do it then. I don't know if you can do it now or not. Surf the internet. And they also had the innovation of having a different type of controller. So I'm trying to figure out, yeah, they did wrong with having a new system of controls for the Nintendo Wii U. The tablet control with the two screens. Why couldn't Nintendo do something similar to what they're already doing with the Nintendo 3DS? Yes, they're doing it a little bit, porting old games back, you know, you know, from from before to to now. But why not develop games for a dual screen system similar to the 3DS? They've already got it. They've got handheld systems locked down, like I mentioned last episode.
3: Why can't they do that for the Wii U? Again, I think it comes down to like Nintendo themselves. They can publish that. They can make that. They'll they make great games, you know, using the, the the second screen and everything like that. But other companies are are reluctant to do that because it's costing them much more money to do that than just to copy, like let's say Call of Duty or uh, Battlefield. Okay, same game, just you know, true. Changing, you know, what it. Oh, you're gonna hit X instead of A or right. I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, control, yeah. I've played on both systems, like Call of Duty games, and it, it is a bit of a change. Um but still moving on to his second video are gamers killing video games. We want this innovation. Obviously the developers don't because that's more um more investing uh it's investing into uh more technologies, different technology, new technology trying to figure out how it works, what you can do to implement into a video game when we're used to one controller, you know, or even for the Wii U controller. I mean, that was, a. I mean the, the Wii controller, which was different, but can still be used as a regular, you know, two handed controller. Yeah. Essentially, you know, things like, uh, super smash brothers, uh, a couple of other games that I've played, uh, dragon ball Z, Budoka 10, Kaichi two, I, <sighs> the one I had, um, it can st- you don't have to do the whole, you know, motion control thing. You can still play it in as if you were using uh, a normal, let's say, GameCube or PlayStation or Xbox controller. It, it didn't matter. And for the Wii U, I want to say it doesn't matter as well because it's all the same buttons, just rearranged a little bit onto the little tablet thing.
3: Yeah, and even some games, supposedly, like, you don't even need... The, like, the tablet isn't that necessary, you can just use, um, the, I don't remember what it's called, but they have like a controller that basically looks just like a regular controller, not even like a Wii, uh, Wii controller or anything. like That's just a mm-hmm. regular gamepad. Right. And, um, like it's not necessarily always needed the, uh, the gamepad itself. Then, okay.
0: Taking but your, I, t- taking your point from there, it's not always needed. Why? Why even make it in the first, no, why even make it in the first place? Like I love the Nintendo Wii. It was a great, innovative console. They did a lot with it. A lot with it. Even you know the the Wii Fit stuff. Like, I, who would have ever thought of something like that on a video game console? To moving towards you know a tablet on, that can connect to your video game system. That's not really going to be the m- most useful thing in the world. It's a little confusing. It's a little cumbersome. Like he, uh, um, the guy from Game Theory mentioned, it sucks battery like crazy.
3: Well, I don't necessarily blame him for going with that um with the tablet route because of the fact. I mean, you look at technology today, smartphones, tablets—they've all become a very big thing in society. So, I mean, it's understandable that they're trying to implement that into gaming as well. And I mean, even look at this—if you look at um the PlayStation, and the Xbox, they're both doing it as well. Sure, they're not making it part of their systems themselves, but the Xbox One and the Xbox 360, they have um, the smart glass application that they have for for smartphones and for tablets where you can kind of, like, I don't know exactly because obviously I don't have an Xbox, but you can kind of see your stats, you can message people from your friends, uh, do different things like that with that. Mm -hmm. And then I know on Xbox, on Sorry, PlayStation 4 they uh have the PlayStation app now for both smartphone and tablet and in some games that's actually that helps you like keep a map open like I know for Assassin's Creed 4 um on PlayStation 4 I I was playing the game and on my tablet I had the map open cuz I mean you're on a ship in that game on a pirate ship so like I had the map open I could see where I was going or cool. how far away I am or you can even like do little side quest things using the um the tablet instead of having to go into uh, menu options in the game and like it, they've basically just like uh, with the well just like with the Wii basically they've taken what Nintendo started and just kind of improved which, on it. Which is what they always
0: do. The Connect is a huge uh, uh, improvement on the nintendo wii controllers you don't need a controller for the connect you are the controller for the connect obviously you need a little you know camera thing but that's it um yeah. the uh, the playstation move uh, that wasn't i i i never knew anybody who owned it uh obviously i used to work at a store where they sold it i used to work at uh at a kmart store um, I'd always seen it. I never actually purchased it myself. I could have. I never just never did. It didn't appeal to me. To me, it was oh, they're just copying the Wii. But when I saw the Kinect, it was like oh, they're taking it and improving on it, which was a, a lot better. And clearly, Xbox—I mean, uh, Microsoft and Sony—did the same thing by making an actual app on a phone. It'll be nice if Nintendo does that, but they do have their three D, 3D, three uh, Ds system as well. In, in my opinion. I think Nintendo should become strictly handheld. I, I don't like the idea of Nintendo being um bombarded with 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 flack because of their failure on their the newest Nintendo system. And, and even then, the, even though the Wii was so successful as well, you know, still selling strong up until just recently, I still think that they should keep with what I feel is their bread and butter in the end, the handheld system. You know the Game Boy was um wasn't it recently like the Game Boy's anniversary a couple couple days yeah. ago as well. This
3: past uh, Monday, guess. Yeah,
0: yeah, like twenty twenty five years or twenty seven years something like that. You know that
3: April twenty first for it, um, any listeners who may maybe listening into the future, April twenty first was the twentieth anniversary.
0: Twentieth anniversary, April twenty first. I'm older than the Game Boy. Wow,
1: that kind of <laughs> sucks.
0: I th- I thought the Game Boy came out like in uh, eighty seven or eighty eight something like that. Either way. That's where that's where they you know hit it big with I feel with more uh, more of a consumer base. The Game Boy was a lot cheap was a lot cheaper than anything else, uh, than than, a, than a, a a home console system. Uh, it's portable; you can do anything with it. Then again, I'm a little biased towards that because I love portability of things. That's why I love my phone. That's why I love my 3DS. I can take it and go wherever I need to with it. I don't need to you know hook it up to a TV or anything like that. I don't know. I think they should stick to handhelds because that's where they're thriving right now. The PS Vita, I don't have one. Do you know anything about it? <laughs> you, I
3: have one. And, any opinions on it? And no, it, it's pretty good. Um, don't get me wrong, but it's still. I mean, I always prefer my three DS over it any day. But um, it's still a good system, though. It's again, Nintendo has. They know what they're doing when it comes to handhelds, right? And I do agree they should focus on handhelds, but at the same time. I do feel that they, um, every once in a while, everyone drops the ball. True. So hopefully, you know, they learn from their mistakes and they come around and do something amazing with the next one.
0: I'm I'm hoping that as well. Um, and I'm sitting here reading the uh, reading the comments over on uh, the the chat on Mixler. Um, first of all, Craig says, and actually. You and I were talking about it the other day. I think I would mentioned it to you and you're like, "Yeah, I saw it on Twitter." Um, Craig is reminding me now. The Pokémon Company has confirmed the release of the Pokémon TV app on the Kindle Fire platform. Um previously released on iOS and Android, the app will allow for you to watch uh for you to watch uh, numerous episodes of the anime. Um he had looks like he found that on Cerebi, but yeah, Pokémon TV app for uh Kindle for Kindles now if you have a Kindle and you don't have an a normal Android tablet or phone. And or an iOS device, Apple phone, or I mean, iPhone or iPad. And Dre also mentions uh, coming back to our Nintendo handheld system. He says, I totally agree. I I, I totally agree uh, that Nintendo should stick with handheld. Personally, I will never buy a home console from Nintendo. However, Nintendo dominates the handheld. There's no competition whatsoever. I mean, I'm completely, um, I'm in complete agreement with him, except for the fact of not buying consoles from Nintendo. I'm a collector. I'm going to buy it regardless. I haven't bought the Wii U yet, but I'm going to eventually. Smash and Brothers. again,
3: I feel like I do want to say I like. I don't want to not go against the, their home consoles. I'm. I do love their handhelds. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I did get a, obviously a 3ds early on, and I'm eventually going to get myself a, a 3ds XL when it's um, Smash so Bros comes it's around. It's so
0: good. I, that's what Maria bought me for for Christmas, and it's uh. Obviously I started with the two DS when Pokemon uh X and Y came out. Oh, that's right. I forgot you got that. Yeah, I got I had the two DS, but I don't even touch the two DS anymore because I'm always on the three D uh the three DS XL. The screens are gigantic. It's it's like the screens are okay, you have the Galaxy S4 just like I do. The screens are about the same size. Wow. It's amazing.
3: But um again, like I do plan I, I do support their handhelds and everything like that. And I do feel guilty that at this point, this long into the um, Wii U's lifespan, and I still haven't got a Wii U, and at this point, I, I'm, I'm definitely getting one. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm probably going to get one when Mario Kart 8 comes out, right. so I can get that bundle, but I'm still I'm still hoping that they do something with that, with the home console, something, um, I feel like one, and again, I'm totally going on different tangents all over the place here. Yeah. <laughs> But I feel one issue that they've always had, and I'm hoping that they improve in the future, is their consoles always have felt, well, at least since the GameCube, have always felt that they're kind of behind the, everyone else. That's
0: because, I and taking that, I think it's because they want to rush their console out first. Here, look at us. You know, this is this is Nintendo. This is what we're trying to do and be innovative. Exactly. And they, and they rush things. And that's what um, the Game Theory video also kind of mentioned as well, is that at least for the Virtual Boy, Nintendo rushed the Virtual Boy out. It wasn't even a finished system yet. Mm -hmm. And they cut corners, they did this and they did that, and it was a terrible game system. I've never seen one up uh, in person. I believe they have one in the Nintendo World Store, which I've been to a few times because I go visit family in New York every once in a while. I don't remember if they do or not, but uh, trying to think about it, I don't think I've ever actually seen one up close. I Uh,
3: saw one... um... God, this was years ago. Um, at this point, at least ten years ago. Right. But I remember seeing one, and I even like put my head in the thing, and I didn't like it at all. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: mean, it it seems like very similar to the three D graphics on the on the three DS. Very headache inducing, at least from what, um, you I, know what, what? I can I don't tell. Want
3: the three uh, DS graphics. I usually don't use them just because you know when you when you're playing with the three D graphics, you actually have to hold it in that you know specific position yeah. so you can be getting the 3d graphics right but for the most part i don't really mind them um and, but i'm just hoping that, that if they do make another console or at least hopefully with the wii u they'll make some changes at least so that there is improvement i mean you look at the wii when the wii came out it was still it would no, it was competing now with the ps3 and the xbox 360 wasn't it no, th-
0: those came out a year uh, a year later
3: Okay. But it was going into that same um same generation.
0: No, now, no. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, let me look this up. Continue. Sorry.
3: Yeah, but either way, like the Wii never had any... They didn't have any high definition. You see the PS3 True. and the um, Xbox 360, both of those were HD systems. Now, obviously the Wii U, was, that obviously was a huge thing, that it's actually a high definition system now. I mean, you're seeing Mario in HD. You're seeing um, Link in HD. Obviously, Super Smash Bros. looks gorgeous because it's going to be HD now. Now, at least that's a step towards them realizing, okay, we really need to step up our game. Yeah. Now, hopefully, they do start adopting some of these other things that other people are doing. Um, I don't know the whole social aspect that now there are a lot of um, obviously PS4 is doing with um, you're able to share easily any content like right, the- streaming on. And then the Xbox One also, as well, is doing their sharing stuff, and I think of some integration with Twitter. I don't, I don't know, I don't.
0: Yeah, because the PlayStation Three had that as well. You know, if, once you get trophies, you know, it can be linked right to your Facebook. As soon as you get the trophy, it gets posted to your Facebook. Um, I know they did that. I'm not sure about Twitter, but um, quickly, I looked up uh, the release date for the 360 and the release date for the Wii. I was mistaken. The release date for the Wii was actually a year after the 360. Wow. Yeah, so the 360 is the one that came out um uh, the 360 and the PlayStation 3 came out first, then the uh then the Nintendo Wii came out. I'm trying to think cuz I remember when I got my 360 this says it was released on November 22nd, 2005. I got mine early because of that Mountain Dew contest thing and I ended up getting uh
3: getting one for free. Early. lucky you. Yeah. Um, Did you get a Red Ring of Death on it, though?
0: Yeah, like a few months later, I, <laughs> sent, I, I sent it back, and they sent me a broken one. And then I sent it back again, and that's the one I have now. I um, oh, okay. haven't used it in years now, though. But uh, November 22nd, 2005, apparently was the release date for the 360. And then December 2nd, 2006, was the release date for the, uh, for the
3: Wii. I was third in line, I remember. I got that the day it came out. So I didn't. I remember having so much trouble finding one. I don't think I got mine up because remember when they were like sold out all the time. No, you could never find a single one. No.
0: Oh, (laughs) I was in line. I was there the first.
3: time. (laughs) I didn't have that problem. I I, I didn't um, because let's say you said it came out uh, when two thousand six December second. December second two thousand six. I didn't get mine until I feel like it was almost July two thousand six because of how difficult it was to, to get my hands on one.
0: You mean two thousand seven?
3: Yes. Yeah. Actually, I'm I didn't sorry. One time. <laughs> it came out uh, no,
0: November nineteenth, two thousand six, in uh in the, in the U.S. came out came out first in the U.S. I didn't realize that. Okay. Then all right. Then actually, uh, November nineteenth, two thousand six, and then Japan, December second. No, that's right. I do remember them mentioning that because like they were uh, people were upset. Why is it coming out in the U.S. first when it's a a Japanese Japanese console. company console? That whole deal. Yeah. Um. Either way. I feel that with the with the with the Nintendo Wii U, they were trying to just get out there and be first and be innovative. They took the success of the Nintendo Wii and their DS console and the DS handheld console and tried you know merging them together, trying to say, Okay, here, here's a handheld device plus the you know TV integration. I'm sorry, here's the here's the TV console plus the handheld integration let's do something with this and make it you know better let's improve and they 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 completely failed at it i'm hoping to see something new sometime in the future and i'm hoping it's not rushed into production into uh into um uh, into the stores so that we could see something good and and much better i know they 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 always add later on like they like they did with the nintendo ds the nintendo ds came out it was good it was fine but then they came out with the DS Lite. It was a lot smaller. The screens, I believe, were a little bit bigger and a little bit brighter. Then the DSI, which they added cameras to it and internet. Um, you know the internet with the DSI, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and then and then like you lost though the backwards compatibility with
0: right, which 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 sucks, but it's it's inevitable. Um, yeah. Then moving on to the Nintendo from the DSI, I went to the uh, 3DS, right? Yeah with yes. with the dual camera systems and the ability to and then all the new games that they did with it in all the ports from before and then the 3D aspect which I don't even use on mine and they they continue to improve on that type of handheld system cuz the DS is has been around since what 2005 I want to say and it's lasted this long and they just keep improving on it which is amazing i wonder if they're going to do the same thing with the Nintendo Wii
3: I'm hoping that's what's going to happen with the Wii U. I mean, they'll improve on it, and it'll eventually become better and better. And hopefully, and by the way, Nintendo DS first was released in 2004. November
0: 2004.
3: 2004. Okay. Well, that was close. And um, hopefully that, that's what ends up happening. I mean, it's not as easy to do when it's a console, and you it's a $300 right. console. Exactly. But they can still use also... Um, they can update the software on it, firmware, and yeah. as as they mentioned, yeah, exactly. The firmware, sorry, yeah. As they uh, mentioned in the third video, one of the big things that they need to do is relax with their um their copyright um laws that they have, because obviously that's a huge uh, way for people to you know get the word out. I mean, I sit here, I sit here. In a week's time, I watched probably i don't know 10 hours of let's plays
1: Mm
3: -hmm. i mean between minecraft between graphic auto between all these other stuff and i obviously all these let's plays that i've watched i also play those games as well because of you know the let's plays a lot of the time so they and obviously it's not as possible with a lot of the nintendo stuff because of the um the way that they treat all their licenses and everything so if they relax on that a little i feel like that would help them
0: but that's, that's the thing that confuses me, because I do see a lot of Nintendo Let's Play stuff. Like, I always see Pokemon things all the time. And I've, I've always wondered how to do that myself. You know, I've, I've never really looked into doing it, um, but I've always just kind of wondered. And at the same time, yeah, I, you don't see that many Nintendo Let's Plays now, now that... Because I've always seen Pokemon ones. Never, like... Not too much Mario stuff or anything like that. Um, during the... Um, broadcast for a cure that we did. I remember. I think it was uh, after we after our show, or even before our show. I don't remember. Um, mm-hmm. There was uh, they were doing uh, I I don't think it was a let's play, but it was just kind of like let's go through these couple of levels of you know the Super Mario World for the Nintendo Wii U, or I think it was for the Nintendo 3DS. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how did they do that? How are they broadcasting that onto you know th- uh, onto um, UStream or whatever they were? I think designing.
3: it involves like opening up the back of their. 3ds and like yep. adding something to it and uh, i'm not doing a lot that. of
0: trouble <laughs> nope okay never mind
3: warranty and all that good stuff yeah nope not wasting my money
0: okay never mind then um but yeah i've always wondered how... i could be wrong though it might be some other way to do it i'm, I'm sure but still like i that still blows my mind because i i don't i'm that's not the kind of stuff i look into to doing obviously i do this show i invested a lot of money into this stuff well my girlfriend helped me buy some of the stuff but still um you know it's like this is the, this is the route I'm taking rather than doing video, you know? No,
3: and shoot, it's understandable. And, and, and I mean, like, like every yeah. once in a while I, I sit down, I'm like, I'd like to do a let's play, but I don't know, sitting down to doing, you then, have to do a lot of stuff to, cause you have to edit the videos obviously eventually. Some, yeah.
0: And then the time it takes, it's, it's, it's a lot us doing this show. It's like record done, upload it. You know, we're it's <laughs> not even that much. Like honestly, afterwards, just a little bit behind the scenes. The thing that takes me the most time to do is writing the show notes. Um, last episode, I actually fell asleep while writing the show notes because <laughs> um, it was just uh, – even though I didn't write a lot, it was still like – it's it's time-consuming to write. And those of you who don't like writing know where I'm coming from. Even though I'm good at writing, it's just cumbersome. Either way. Plus the actual publishing process of it and – It takes two – it just publish, you know, because I have to, like, add extra stuff to the back end of WordPress and things like that. With the show, it's like throw it in, cut out, you know, the beginning and the end where I was messing up and when we keep talking and I forget to hit stop, you know, it's it's simple that way. But um, throwing out the question of the episode right now, what do you think is the future of Nintendo? Um, And if you also want to add as well, um, where do you think they should – Put their money in and, and, and invest. Should should they stay with uh, purely handheld? Should uh, should they go and try to improve on their con- uh, their uh, home console systems? Because they were amazing with the Nintendo uh, sixty four. They were amazing with the Super Nintendo. They were amazing with the uh, NES. The same thing with uh, the Nintendo Wii, which still wasn't the greatest system, but it was still
3: new and innovative.
0: Yeah. I feel
3: I feel they still did great with the GameCube. With the Wii, though, I feel in um kind of in in the same line, it was wasn't a great system. Let's be honest. No, it definitely wasn't. But the yeah. fact of the matter was, it was able to bring in so many people who usually wouldn't play video games. It was a more that, casual system. Uh, yeah, that th- that was part of it. But at the same time, it was able to introduce so many more people to in- video games that wouldn't usually be playing them before. I mean, that was, that right there is um. It's like a stepping stone. You can start with a Wii, and from there you can like just learn so much from video games, and then just go off plat. Just go, you know, to different other games or different other consoles. True. And and sure, that was that was great at that time. But at this point, they they really should, you know, go back and focus and realize, okay, let's actually, you know, make a console that's that's for you know gamers. Sure, you know, make make add a little things for other people as well, but let's you know do what we did best back in the day
0: they should go back to their idea, whatever they did with the Nintendo 64, because that's where they definitely thrived um, with their games. They were, and I mean, trying to think about it now, because obviously we were so young at the time and I wasn't into gaming as I was, as I am now, like getting into the news and like reading about this stuff. I was just like, hand me a game boy and I'm good. You know, like I didn't care about everything else. So whatever, ideas they had whatever thought process they had with the nintendo 64 of appealing towards you know i don't want to say hardcore gaming because when when i think of hardcore gaming i think of like call of duty you know yeah. gears of war those type of games um but appealing more towards the uh, i want to say average gamer somebody who can go in and play a game either do it casually or do it, you know, uh, or give, uh, play a, a more hardcore, more aggressive type game.
3: So uh, Dre, on the chat, he actually says to record on 3DS, uh, you need a capture card, which you have to put in the hardware. And unlike previous consoles, like the DS, there are no official screen capture devices for the 3DS. Mm-hmm. So it ha- it's um kind of expensive, and it's kind of shady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what shady I expected. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm sure you got to like go on eBay and buy something like that. Which no, God, no, no, no way. I, w- I would never go ahead and open up the back of my DS just just because I, I don't like messing with stuff like that. Either way, I I hope Nintendo was able to pull through this failure of the the game uh, the let's uh, say GameCube, uh, the Nintendo Wii U. Um, I'm hoping to see some new. More innovative games for the Nintendo Wii U, like they were mentioned, uh, like uh, the game theory, uh, game theory mentioned. I think it was in the first video, was that yeah, nobody knew how to program for this, but for the for the Wii U, they do. It's the
3: 3DS just on a home console. It's yeah, that's true. It, and um, yeah, it's two screens, and hopefully they do start adjusting to that. And if not, you know, hopefully uh, Nintendo makes some improvements. I'm hoping that. Let's say this time next year, we're talking good things about the Wii U. Like the Wii U's actually like doing amazing. I, I hope that as well. I mean, like, like I said, they got they have handheld. They
0: have the 3DS, downpack no problem. They are thriving off of that system. They just need to take that and apply it to the Nintendo Wii U, just because they are so similar now. It's not just the one screen, the controller, and the console. This is the dual screens, just like on the 3DS. There are developers developing games for the 3DS that could easily, you know, add a little bit of extra code, make it a higher resolution. Obviously, I think the, the Nintendo Wii U is still standard, or is it HD? I think it's still standard. No,
3: we use HD. We use HD? Yeah. And it even th- comes with uh, a high definition cable on like
0: other consoles. Really? Comes yeah. with it? HDMI? What? Okay, didn't know that. Um, yeah, because I know the uh, PlayStation didn't come with one, and the Xbox 360, uh, PlayStation 3 didn't come with one, and the Xbox yeah. 360, I just have, like, the component cables from the back, the uh, uh, the VGA cable
3: things. Um, yeah, PS4 doesn't come with one either. Oh, it doesn't? Yeah.
0: They should just include it anyways. They're not going to... They
3: really should, but like, it saves them, you know, a little bit of money in the end, I guess. True. Either way, I'm hoping to see Nintendo
0: pull through this and and start to realize what they need where they what they need to do. E- even if it's something as simple as doing kind of what they did for the uh, Super Nintendo, they did a little bit of it with the GameCube as well. The ability of playing your handheld games on the big console, you could do it with the Super Nintendo with the uh, the Game Boy adapter thing. You could do it with the Nintendo 64, but I think only with a Pokemon game, uh, where you could play Pokemon on the TV and with the GameCube with that little adapter on the bottom where you can play Game Boy Advance games on the TV.
3: You know, I never played with that. I always wanted to, but I never got a chance to. It's actually,
0: it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I have, it. I have, um, I have the one for the 64, obviously for the Pokemon one and the one for the GameCube, but you have to have like the extra disc for it though. Yeah. I remember you, that part. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually I think I lost the disc that I have with it. I think I had two. One was like scratched up because I bought it from GameStop. Terrible place to uh-huh. I hate GameStop. <laughs> um but uh and then I had another one which I think I also bought from GameStop, but it was like a clean disc and I can't find that one for some reason. I can only find the scratched up one. Uh, Either way, they need to do something and they need to do it fast because they're 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 making negative money right now, I think. Uh I think the sales more recently have started to uh climb a little bit and definitely with the sales uh for Mario Kart 8 and um Smash Brothers later on this year but I don't think that's going to help them really pull out of their uh
3: what's it called? Slump. Yeah. Yes, slump. We I don't know. That. I think Oops. I think they do still have a a pretty good chance. It's going to be difficult, but I do think that they will um so they'll, they'll have They'll have some improvement, and hopefully, eventually, they um, they even out. Yeah, because again, the 3DS is is really helping them a lot right now. Oh,
0: it definitely is. That, that's that's where it's at right now. I mean, there, there's nothing there's nothing better about Nintendo right now than their handheld console. But regardless of all the things that I'm saying negative about Nintendo, in, in the end, I know they'll pull through. They did it with the Virtual Boy, which was a terrible console um, mm-hmm. at the time. It was just uh, it was the Virtual Boy. What was ninety? Ninety four, ninety five, something like that, or ninety three. Um, that's a very good
3: question. Let me find out quickly. All right. I feel like it was early nineties though. Yeah, because
0: it was before the sixty four, and the sixty four was nineteen ninety
3: six. Virtual Boy was nineteen ninety 1995. 1995, Okay. They rushed it. They
0: pushed it out there, and um, it wasn't a success. The next year, they came out with the Nintendo sixty four, which pretty much like the game, like the uh, like the Wii, printed money for them.
3: Like, like, game theory. Think of this, though. Think about this. The Virtual Boy was their first foray into the 3D gaming. Now you look at the 3DS. and I don't want to
0: wait 20 years for Nintendo to come back.
3: (laughs) I know, I know. It wasn't 20 years. It was only like 10 or 9, actually. But I'm just saying that they do learn from their mistakes. Well, when applying technology. Yeah. So hopefully they will learn from whatever... Issues they're having with the Wii U.
0: True. They'll pull through. And I'm hoping it's at least by like you said, by this time next year, I hope to be praising the Nintendo Wii U. This is the most innovative console. I don't know why we
3: were saying so many negative things about it last (laughs)
0: year. I want to say that next year. Um I'm I'm hoping to go ahead and do something like that.
3: I want to see a Pokemon game on the Wii U though. I'm scared to though. Like Here's the thing that I want to see. I want to see like your it would be awesome if it was just like the regular Pokemon game, but you're running around in, in the, you know, uh HD universe or whatever. But what I'd really like is that the bottom screen is your Pokedex or things like that. Yeah. So like you catch a Pokemon it automatically shows up on your thing on your um on the gamepad showing you all the stats and everything and be like, oh, that'd be I'd enjoy that. That
0: that would be cool, yeah, definitely. Still, I'm just yeah, I'm skeptical yeah, for them because I was even thinking about it today before the show and I was like, you know, with the with the failures so far from the Nintendo Wii U, kind of don't want to see a Pokemon game on it because that means I would have to buy. Like I'm probably gonna buy it anyways, but that would like I'd be like, uh, I have to go spend three hundred dollars today. I'll be back, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me a minute. I'm gonna go to Walmart. I'll be back. But like that, no, that you would never know. Like even though I'm going to, you know, with the with the release of uh, Mario Kart Eight and Smash Brothers, like I'm going to eventually, but. The Pokemon one would definitely like, okay, now I I, I really need to get the console now because I try to buy as many Pokemon games as possible. Like, I have Pokemon games for the Wii that I haven't even unwrapped yet. Like, uh, no, I'm the same way. Poke Park, whatever it's called, and then Poke Park 2. I bought them, I've never opened them. Ever.
3: No, I know what you mean. I've done the same thing with, um, with Wii games, and, um, P S three games. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I have games I haven't even are still wrapped right now, and I haven't even touched them. Like, and the worst part is when I buy a game, I unwrap it, I read it in like the book and everything. I'm like, I'm not gonna play this. Don't touch it.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's what I did with um, uh, black and white too. Because I unwrapped it, looked into the manual and everything, and I just haven't even played it since. But again, question of the episode: What do you think is the future of Nintendo? Where do you think they should go? Where do you think they should invest their money? Obviously, they're moving stuff to the cloud with their, you know, downloadable games and stuff like that, which is nice. Obviously, keeping this Pokemon related with their stuff with the um, Pokemon Bank, which was which is an amazing idea, I feel, uh, as long as nothing gets, you know, corrupted on their side or crashing or anything like what happened over (laughs) the uh, 2013, winter 2013. So where do you think Nintendo should go? And what do you think is their future? Should they stick handheld? Should they push through this slump and try to uh, improve their uh, home console systems? What do you think? Let me know over in the comments, uh, over at pokedexradio.com slash eight pokedexradio.com slash um, eight, zero. If you don't see the post up after the show, that, cause I'm doing it live now, if you don't see it up, those of you who are listening live, it'll be up within a day or so, just because I still need to write everything out. If you are uh Listening to this uh, downloaded through iTunes or Stitcher or whatever, it should be up by now. Uh, so go ahead and check that out again. Pokedexradio.com slash 80. That's 80. All right, so let's get into uh, the Pokemon of the episode.
1: Who is that Pokemon?
0: All right, Pokemon of the episode today is Pokemon number uh, 169, Crobat.
3: Renee, you want to take this one since you chose it? Yes, it's the uh, the Bat Pokemon. Um, we found out something really interesting about it when we were looking into it. It is 5 feet 11 inches tall, 1.8 meters um, tall for metric, and weighs 165.3 pounds or 75.0 kilograms. Um, it's 50-50% chance of gender ratio. It's a Poison-slash-Flying type. And um, let's see. The abilities it has are Inner Focus... And the hidden ability is infiltrator.
0: Let me see. It's the same all across the board? Zubat, Cro- uh, Golbat, and Crobat all have the same abilities. Let me find out. I'm, I'm telling you. Yes, they
3: do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you were asking. No, no, no.
0: I was telling you. Yeah, because I'm looking at it myself too.
3: All right. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else. What else is interesting with it? I'm trying to find oh capture rate of ninety. Um, it's pretty
0: high capture rate. Then again, um the finding rate is like a hundred percent pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Zubat, probably the, one of the most annoying Pokemon uh, in the Pokemon universe. I feel.
3: Yeah. That's good kind Pokemon. of why I chose it. Cause you know,
0: yeah. <laughs> Cause
3: it's, it's something that you're going to not have any trouble finding. <laughs> True. Walk
0: into a cave or something like that. And bam, you'll find one,
3: uh, especially in X and Y scene as um, obviously you can't catch a crow You can't catch a Golbat either. either. Right. You have to get the Zubat itself. And it's found in the Connecting Cave is what it's called in um Well Zubat's found in the Connecting Cave, but it's actually an area of the cave that's called Zubat Roost.
0: Which which surprises me so much, knowing how many caves and stuff like that are in X and Y. That that's the only place you could find it.
3: Yeah. Which um which which is, makes sense. I mean, Zubat Roost.
0: <laughs> Still, like, why anywhere else? Why are Zubat just in that one specific area? Why not? In the um the other cave thing where you can find the other bat thing that's actually a dragon. I forgot what it's called. But Noivern. Uh, yeah. Like why not there too? Mm. I don't know.
3: No idea, my friend. Um it evolves well, Zubat evolves into Golbat at level twenty two, and then Golbat evolves into Crobat uh because of is it happiness or friendship? Now I confuse the two. Uh it is uh happiness. Okay. Happiness. Yeah, um, so, uh, carry him around with you, feed him treats, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, uh, battle with it. Make sure it doesn't. Make sure its HP doesn't go low. Make sure it doesn't faint. Stuff like that. We'll, we'll uh, have Golbat evolve into into Crobat without a problem. Uh, real quickly, the what the abilities do. Inner Focus: uh, the Pokemon will not flinch, and the, but this does not prevent flinching with Focus Punch. Um, but Golbat, Crobat, and Zubat cannot learn Focus Punch, so that's out the window. Uh, its hidden ability, Infiltrator, it protects... Um, sorry, what, what... What? The protections and stat boosts caused by the moves like Substitute, Reflect, Light Screen, and Safeguard by the opponent are ignored. So, if your opponent uses one of those moves, let's say Substitute, you're able to bypass that Substitute and hit your enemy Pokemon regardless.
3: Alright, and uh, the Pokedex entries for X is It flies so silently through the dark on its four wings... That it may not be noticed even when nearby. And why having four wings allows it to fly more quickly and quietly so it can sneak up on prey without it noticing. It's a little creepy. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean it is a bat, so True.
0: Comes with the territory. Right. And uh its stats, uh Crobat stats are HP 85, attack ninety, defense eighty, special attack seventy, special defense eighty, and a whopping speed of 130. I'm already assuming now Dre is going to throw some sort of like really super fast, probably throwing an agility to make it even faster than it should be. I don't know. We'll see what Dre does, but definitely a great attack of 90 and a speed of 30 at uh, 130. Um I've seen different types of Zubat out there. I've seen like um, Zubats that are mainly for kind of assists and using stuff like haze and and what, what are these other moves that it learns like confuse ray and stuff like that that are meant to just kind of you know like poke at the enemy Pokemon and just kind of like take it down little by little or assist like for double battles things like that
3: or poison fang or things
0: like that right let's see what other moves it can learn um cross poison um I could have sworn I knew something mean look mean look um I, I was thinking. I don't I don't think that's crowbat because i I don't see it on its move list. I could have sworn it learned something like like spikes or or like toxic, toxic, definitely something um
3: that that you could use uh, with it.
0: i'm I'm trying to think toxic spikes. I'm trying to think,
3: you know, like um what's that Well, other? I think isn't toxic. yeah, toxic is a TM. so yeah. it's able to learn that right. No
0: I'm thinking of like uh, those like the spikes move and the stuff where you can throw out the Pokemon and the Pokemon immediately gets injured for some reason yeah. for some reason, I thought crowbat could learn something like that. And that was like a good setup Pokemon for whatever comes in next. But I guess not. I guess I must have been confused.
3: Oh.
0: Got hit with that
3: Confuse rate, didn't you? Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: Okay, so again, that was the uh, Pokemon of the episode today. Pokemon number 169, Crobat. So, that's pretty much all we really had to talk about. Um, Oh, one last thing. Today, April 20... What's today? April 26th. is the, yes. uh-huh. yeah. Today is the 25th anniversary of Game Freak. The company is just a little over a year older than me, which is kind of crazy. Um, and, Renee, you're younger than me, right? No, I'm,
3: like, I think I'm older than you by a month. Um, my birthday's in July. Your birthday's in July. 89? Yeah.
0: Oh, you're all older than me. Ah, huh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah... Game Freak is uh, older than both of us. Um, 25 years of Game Freak, and how long has it been with Pokemon? Nearly 18 now. You know, there, there It's been were, a while. Uh-huh. There's people listening to this show right now that weren't even alive when Red and Blue came out. Think about that.
3: That always uh, scares me a little. Thank, thanks for uh, putting that, into, that thought into my head.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> that is the, uh, that's pretty much the end of uh, today's show. Next week... Um, um yeah next week I want to p- uh, put up the interview again from uh Steven Reich over at Poke Press at the PIRN Studios um from uh, uh Kyle Hebert I believe that's why, how you pronounce his name uh, or you may know him as Professor Oak from the original anime so um going to ho- go kind of go ahead and uh, put that up for the next episode as well um whatever news comes out between now and then whatever Renee and I decide to discuss um, again, you can go ahead and comment on everything over at PokedexRadio.com slash uh, 8080 or um, you can follow us on Twitter at PokedexRadio, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash PokedexRadio. Uh, if you like the show and want to support us, go ahead over to PokedexRadio.com slash Amazon, bookmark that link, that that URL, and just every time you go to shop on Amazon, just go straight through that and it'll help support the show or you could even donate Um, small monetary donations over at pokedexradio.com slash donate and it's through paypal Uh, i believe anything uh, anything you do donate it takes like 50 cents off the top
3: so anything more than a dollar (laughs) it would be awesome (laughs) so and also there's the pokedexradio.com slash store and the store all those uh pokemon related uh merchandise
0: yeah instead of searching for stuff on amazon Pokemon-related merchandise, Nintendo stuff, consoles. The Nintendo Wii U is up there if you want to buy one. Um, wink,
3: wink, nudge, nudge. Right?
0: <laughs> uh, Mario Kart 8 is coming out soon. I'm going to put that up there once I see it. Um, you want to buy through the store, go ahead. Pokedexradio.com slash store. But uh, let's go ahead and cue up the music over here so we can end things. Do, 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 do. Ooh, really loud. Sorry about that. But that is it for today's, uh, today's episode. Renee, any last words?
3: Um, uh, no, uh, just, hey, I'm just hoping for Nintendo to pull out in the end. I, I hope, hope
0: so. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, wrong mind. Uh, okay, so, <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, uh, hopefully Nintendo does, uh, is able to, um, pull things out and pull through, there you go, um, in the end, and just be able to work through their failures with the Nintendo Wii U, because I do want to see the Nintendo Wii U console succeed, um, yeah the Wii was also kind of uh in the beginning. It wasn't that great. Even their launch titles, not all of them, at least were not the best, but they did launch with, uh, Twilight princess, which was awesome.
3: But I, I, I'm very optimistic. They'll, well, everything will be fine.
0: It'll be okay. It's okay. Shh, Nintendo. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, subscribe. If you haven't, you can subscribe over on iTunes. Um, follow us uh, subscribe over on stitcher whatever you use if you do like the show please go ahead give us a good five star rating the highest rating you can and a good positive review uh if you'd also like to join our forums go over to pokedexradio.com slash forums uh to go ahead and join there join the conversation we could all talk together and stuff like that i'm not on there all, all the time but you can discuss stuff with other listeners of pokedex radio but that is it for today's show again my name is austin and that's renee letting you know to live laugh, and catch them all. And we'll see you guys next week. This podcast is a Flashlight Studios production. Copyright 2014, Flashlight Studios. For more information, you can visit us at flashlight-studios.com or for the Pokedex Radio at pokedexradio.com. And thank you for listening.